Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community practicing the way of Jesus and thirsting for the life he gives. It's a real joy and blessing to be able to speak this morning. And uh, I think it would be an understatement um, to say this for me and my family, what a blessing it has been to be a part of Church of the Well over the last two years. I mean, I think that like for all of us, you know, we're I'm going to take off my glasses for a second. I'm like in that weird age, right, where you go back and forth between glasses, and I don't want to do bifocals yet. Um, and so, anyway, um, just, it's been a unique blessing, and I think because for a lot of us, we didn't really know what, like, the last two years were going to be like, right, you know? And so, you kind of don't know what you need sometimes until you have it, and I feel like that's what Church at the Well has been like for our family over the last two years. Is just like that um, community and that family that kind of fills the gap, even when you don't know what gaps need to be filled, right? Does that make sense when I say that? There's a lot of people nodding their heads. And so especially want to give a shout out to some guys this morning that have been part of that gap is our guys group on Thursday mornings. Um, because that, again, one of those things where it's like, hey, you know you need it, uh, or you, maybe you don't realize you need it, but then you have it and you're like, man, I really need a group of guys that don't pull their punches to speak into each other's lives, right? And if you don't know what I mean by pulling your punches, if you grew up with brothers, you know what that means, right? It's like, yeah. And so um, that has been just a delightful part of my week, challenging part of my week sometimes. Sometimes people share stuff in it that I wish they didn't share because it convicts me in ways that I don't want to be, but it's been really good. And so I do want to give a disclaimer before we dive into some scripture this morning, um, that the stuff I'm talking about is not stuff that I've mastered, right? I just, I just want to say that. Like, you know, if, if, you're, if you want to come up and talk afterwards and say like, hey, Kevin, how did you master this? I'm going to be like, okay, wrong person to talk to, Adam. Adam's your pastor. Talk to him, right? Um, not me. These are things that I'm working through, and I just tend to like to teach stuff that I'm working through because it helps me process it better. And... Um, and so a lot of this is going to be kind of around just the idea of Lent. Um, and I have to admit, like a few weeks ago, I helped with Kids Church here. That's a plug for Kids Church. By the way, I'll give a little, little sub-note on that. Um, sometimes people say, "Do you, if you feel called to kids ministry, um, who, who's a parent in here? Um, how many of you feel, feel called to kids ministry on Monday mornings? All right, okay, there you go. So none of us feel like it. Do it anyway. Okay, um, <laughs> even if you're not a parent, sign up. It'll be great. But one of the things I realized is like in kids' ministry is we're going to be going through Lent. And I was like, oh, crud. If like all the kids are going through Lent, that means my kids, which means like I'm going to have to do something for Lent or I can't talk to my kids about Lent. And I'll be honest, I didn't really grow up in a faith tradition where we did, did Lent, right? I grew up, I'm going to say it quietly, as a Baptist, right? And I'll just say, like, when we got to parts in Scripture where it talked about fasting, we fast-forwarded, right? I mean, like, we, we I'll just say, like, growing up, the churches I grew up in, they ate a lot, right? You know, it's like, okay, we're going to celebrate Jesus and eat, right? And so, so um, not a lot of skinny people, not a lot of fasting, right? And so, um, yeah, and so like it's been kind of nice, right, like at this stage in life to kind of like engage that and like think about, okay, why do we give up something for 40 days, right, between Ash Wednesday and Easter? 
And so I want to kind of open it up. I like audience participation. I, I don't know if it's like actually legal to ask people what they're fasting from, but I'm going to do it anyway. We'll just ignorance. But what are some things that you're giving up for Lent? I'm just curious. What are you fasting from for Lent? Any hands? Oh, oh I see a hand back there. My, my son, Sky, is going to share. Sky, what are, you, what are you fasting from for Lent? This is popsicles. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the reason this is a big deal is because his dad goes to the grocery store and buys six boxes of popsicles at a time and eats them in front of him. And so, <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but that actually happened. <laughs> um, go ahead. Pop music. Popsicles, pop music. <laughs> pop, popcorn, okay. Seeing a theme here. Anybody else, what's something you're fasting from? What's that? I do know yours. We, we work together, so I know what yours is. You can say it out loud. Complaining. Yes, yeah, so... so um, Tasha is also our administrator at a new place, and she told me she was fasting from complaining, so I go into her office and complain for her. It's a spiritual gift I have. Um, anybody else? Oh, it's the end of the back. Sarcasm. Ooh. See, I would, I, would, I would make it three days in Lent if that were mine. I'd just be like, I'm tapping out. I, I'll tell you what I'm fasting from. It's like really shallow. In fact, after every, like, quite honestly, when Sky told me he was fasting from popsicles, which is like a big deal in our house, right? I mean, like, he, he literally, like, after dinner, he'll watch everybody else get a popsicle and be like, nope, I can make it. I can make it. And so, you know, and, uh, and here's my superficial fast, and I have to admit, it kind of feels that way, is Zillow. Yeah, I mean, actually, after today, I was going to make a joke, in that I was going to fast from the church planting app, or the church, what, the, the church center app, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, but I did, but, but I didn't do that. I'm fasting from another app called Zillow, and I have to tell you, it's been kind of like more challenging than I thought, because we're, um, so this is why it's a big deal, we're in the process of like selling a home and looking for a home, and I was like, I don't, I was like, literally, I would go on it, and every night, I would look at houses that would no longer exist on the market in three days, right? And usually, houses that I could not fill in the blank. Afford! Yay! <laughs> Yay! And so, I decided, hey, I'm going to give that up. And one of the things I learned in the process is why we go through this process. Why do we go through this process of Lent anyway? Anybody want to help me out here? I need this this morning, just so you know. Foster our need for God. What does it remind you of? Like, what, 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 what does God remind you of when you're fasting? Hmm. Ways He can sustain you. Here's one, of the, here's one of the biggest ones for me. And this is going to sound so simplistic. And it's the thing I feel like I, I have to learn and relearn and relearn and relearn. Is that He is enough. Um, a few weeks ago, as, as I was reading through um, the Lent devotional, um, I think there's still some of them out, out in the lobby, I came across Psalm 27. 
And the scriptures that usually stick out to me are not the ones that are easy for me, but the ones that are difficult. And I'm, I'm just going to read three verses from Psalm 27. Verse 4 says, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Verse 8, You've said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. And then verse 14, wait for the Lord. I don't like that word wait, by the way. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And I've been, I've been reflecting quite a bit, especially on verse 8. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. And one of the things I love about this verse, and I think that something that Lent reminds me of, is that God is inviting us to seek Him. And He's not playing some cosmic game of hide and seek. I mean, I just want to say, like, if you're here this morning and you're like, hey, I decided to come just check out church because I'm seeking God and trying to figure out how, the, how this whole God thing works out, even if life hasn't worked out the way you expected or imagined. I just want you to know that invitation is for all of us is to seek his face and that he's not playing hide and seek and he actually wants you to find him. And I can say it with a lot of confidence is God wants you to find him. But many years ago, as I was reading through this a few weeks ago, I came back to something that I heard somebody much wiser than me say many years ago. It almost sounds like a cliche, but it's true, true at the same time is God wants to teach us to seek His face and not just His hand. He wants us to seek His face. He wants us to actually seek Him to know Him. And so some of the things that I've just been reflecting on is what does God teach us when we learn to seek His face? What do we discover in the process? There's, there's a few words I just wanted to throw up there, and these are not exhaustive by any means. These words, identity, security, satisfaction, purpose. And these aren't in any certain order, but just, just in, in the order of just maybe how I've been processing through it. Security. These are, these are just straight from my own notes, right? These are just me. Pro I'm letting you process with me things I've just been jotting down in my notes as I've been working through Lent. Is I can often find my security in what God does for me rather than who He is. I'll just say it again. As I can often find my security in what God does for me rather than who He is. And I can often find myself seeking the blessings rather than the blesser. And what happens over time is when I do that, and this is where Lynn is a really good reminder, is I start unwittingly beginning to treat God like Aladdin's genie. Right? Like, hey, yeah, you came through really good on this, come through on that. Right? And, and, and please understand, God wants us to come to Him with requests. He wants us to present our needs to Him. I'm not saying that, right? Not saying that at all. Like, He does want us to do that. But I'm just saying my personal default can be like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And here's the problem. Is it doesn't matter how much God gives me. Right? How much, and I'm going to use the broad word stuff, right? 
I mean, I, I would say, like, I'm, I feel pretty blessed, right? I got a wife who's loved me for 20 years. That's pretty good in this world, right? I got three kids who are healthy and relatively well-balanced. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> um, I've got a job I love. I've got a home, right? We have a car. Um, I could go down the list. But here's the issue is no matter how much stuff I get, right, how many blessings I have, that in itself won't make me feel secure. Right? It just won't. Now, does it make me feel blessed? Sure. But is that enough to really give me the security I seek? No. That's why he says, seek my face. Satisfaction and fulfillment. That's another one. If you just rewind a few verses, I'll reread verse 4 again. It says, David writes, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. David's chief desire, he says here, is to be in the house of the Lord, meditating on the beauty of God. And usually on Wednesday nights, I read through um, the Action Bible with my kids. It's like kind of like, it feels weird saying it's like a graphic novel of the Bible, right? Yeah, but it's kind of what it is. It's like Bible. And then you realize, I have to say this, one thing that's kind of funny is you realize that the Bible really does work as a graphic novel. <laughs> <laughs> just, just take that for what it's worth, but you don't have to stretch it for it to work. And, and, so, I, and so I'm like, wow, it's like, yeah, this is kind of, you know, yeah. Anyway, um, so we're working through it. And one of the things you realize is, you you know, we're, we're kind of going through just, our, through the, we're at the life of Saul, transitioning into the life of David, like first king, second king of Israel. And I mean, one of the things I noticed is I'm reading through the story of David because, you know, David's kind of a big guy in the Bible, wrote psalms, you know, all these praise songs to God, is he gets off track a little bit. Like, quite a few times. But he keeps coming back to this. And no matter how many victories or failures, no matter how many accomplishments, wins, losses, no, no matter how much wealth or how many wives, I should have taken that out of my notes. Um, he... <laughs> That, that was, that's in the Action Bible too. Um, he comes back to this idea that the greatest gift that he gets is God himself. Right? Through all those ups and downs and twists and turns, right? He keeps coming back to this. Like you can read through the Psalms and he talks about feeling like his life is in a miry pit. He talks about celebrating the victories. He talks about battling temptation. All of these things and he keeps coming back to the central idea that the greatest gift is God himself. And at least this next thing that, that, we, that we gain, that we discover when we learn to seek God's face is identity. It's no longer about what others say. It's no longer about your resume of wins and losses. It's not even ultimately about your own internal script. <laughs> but we see this in, the, in this scripture that, that as we seek His face, our identity becomes rooted 100% in who He is. 
Here's the other thing, is once it's rooted in who he is, it becomes rooted in what he says about who we are. And that leads to the, this, this final, not exhaustive again, but purpose. As we begin to discover what David is talking about here, that our broad universal purpose as humanity is to know and worship God. And although the scripture does not specifically address what I'm about to say, I still think it's fair to say that if we embrace our broad purpose, or if we embrace our purpose as humans universally, that we have a much better chance of discovering God's path for us individually. In other words, what I'm saying is if, if we begin to understand that we are designed to seek God's face and to worship Him, like regardless of our story or regardless of our circumstance or regardless of the ups and downs of our lives, we have a much better shot at actually discerning what His path is for us in the moment. I want to go back, back to Psalm 27.14 because I think it is a way of kind of grind, grounding what we're talking about this morning. This word, wait. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. and Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Since, Sky, I'm going to pick on you, buddy, since you shared yours. It's easy enough for me to turn an app off on my phone. But it's something to watch a seven-year-old say, I'm going to wait another two weeks to have a popsicle, right? Right? I, I mean, it is, it is. It like, actually like, makes me think, okay, that, that's, and, and the reason it probably hits me is because I stink at waiting. I mean, what, I have to admit, when I was reading this, Abby, did you put together the, um, okay, so thank you, Abby, for this. When I was reading this, I should say that nicer, that was, sorry. Thank you, Abby, for this. Thank you. Um, is when I was coming across, came to like the word wait, this is what I pictured in my prayer life, is um, the DMV wait room. The Department of Motor Vehicles, pre-COVID, we used to wait, like that, if there's any good thing about COVID, it's been no DMV wait rooms, right? <laughs> and, but that's just where my mind went, it was like, like sitting there, and it's like, and it's like you, it's like you hurry up to get there, right? And then you wait. And then you hurry up to get to the next, like, you know, whatever cubicle, and then you wait. It's hurry up and wait. And I don't like the word wait. But the reality of it is, is these seasons of waiting, of us either having the discipline of saying no, or here's even the, the tougher part is God saying no wait, is forces us to lean into God and discover what we really need is who He is rather than what we desire in the moment. Like it takes us back to that. And even though this is from another scripture in Psalms, I came through this a couple weeks later in, in the Lent devotional, and I, I think it just captures the point of even Psalm 27 really well. And this is what David writes in Psalm 63.3. Is because your stead of your steadfast because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. Uh, I want to ask our communion servers just to come on down, and and they're going to be handing out communion this morning. And I want to read this again. It says, "Because your steadfast love is better 
than life. My lips will praise you. I want to, as you're passing this out this morning, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you said yes to following Him, we just want to invite you um, to take the communion, I don't know whether you could, I call it the communion happy meal pack, um, snack pack. Um, there's no toy involved, so kids don't like open it and look for the, but to take that. And here's what I want to ask you to do, is to think through this. Is your love is better than blank? Like, what, what is it in your life that's occupying your mind when you wake up and when you go to bed at night? It could be like a great accomplishment and achievement. It could be a dream you have, a desire you have, a goal you have. Just to, just to put it in the blank. Your love is better than that. It could be that, man, maybe you've just had a cruddy week. And you've really messed up at something. Right? And it's like something that only you and God know about, right? You can put that in the blank. Your love is better than blank. It could be, Ian talked about this at the front end. Anxiety, right? It's like the thing that like Christians aren't supposed to talk about. Maybe it's just like stinking anxiety and you're like, you just need to say like your love is better than that, right? And the reason we can say that with confidence, I mean, and sometimes, you know, and, and I'll just say in my job, right? I encounter a lot of different people, a lot of different stories, and some would be like, like some would be like, why are you so confident that God's love is better than that? Right? Why? And it's, it's what all of Lent is leading up to. Right? It's, it's we're, not, we're not giving up something for 40 days because there's something holy about giving up Zillow. My gosh, there's not. <laughs> um, we're, get, we're giving up something, whether it's temporarily or long term, right? Because we know we're looking forward to who Jesus is and what he has accomplished on the cross. We can say his love is better than life, right? Because he gave up his life for us. Right? That he demonstrated his love for us. That while we were, even when we were messed up, he went to the cross for us. That he settled that. That good days, bad days, everything in between, his love will be better than life for us. I heard somebody say this is that he gave his life for us in order to place his life in us, in order to live his life through us. And so here's what I want to invite you to do this morning. I'm to open up your communion pack. And together, I want to invite, invite you to take the bread. Eat it. This is his body that was broken for you. Now what I want to invite you to do is just to open up the juice if it's not open already.
going to invite you to, to drink that. And as you do, to know that this is his blood that was shed for you. Let's pray. Jesus, we just want to say thank you um, for being enough for us this morning. We want to say thank you that you prove over and over again in this life that we could have everything and we could have nothing. And it would be true that your love is better than life. And Father, I want to ask, in the, just over these next couple weeks, as um, we're looking towards Good Friday, and remember your sacrifice on the cross, as we look towards Easter, and we look towards the ultimate victory of the resurrection, that you would have us in a place where we can seek your face, that we could know you. And Father, that we would be in a place where we would allow you to fill in the crevices, to speak into the darkness, um, to give us the, the security, the identity, the purpose that we can only find in you. And so we love you, Jesus, and pray all this in your name. Amen. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at www.wellchurchvt.com.